experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, Week 13. DraftKings picks for the main slate by position and stacks, talking everything through. Want to thank everyone who left an Apple review for the Pat Mayo Experience podcast. The winners have already been credited, but hey, doesn't mean you can't do it again, or if you haven't done it already, on Apple Podcasts, Pat Mayo Experience, five-star review. Yeah, you can just leave a rating. You know, I mean, I would prefer you leave a review. You just want to scroll down to the bottom of your iPhone, hit five stars, boom. We're good to go on that front. Sub to Mayo Media Network as well and join the newsletter. Lots of info and giveaways inside the newsletter. All of that is down in the description, as is the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link for week 13. Already over 1,000 spots gone. Only 2,500 spots to be had, so you may as well get in front of that. Get yours right now and play in the best tournament on DraftKings. If you're looking for an optimizer, projections, betting tools, run the slash Mayo. It's where you want to be at because that slash Mayo gets you a discount on all of the tools. From Osimo.com, Ben Raza is on the line. We are now talking football, remember, not golf. I will try to remember that. Yeah, we get a nice little hiatus from golf, but uh, this is my favorite, you know, the Thanksgiving and those weeks, this is my favorite time of the NFL. Things are starting to formulate. We're at the stretch run. I know we got the extra week, but I'm excited to dive into it. A nice amount of games on the slate. Do you have your weekends freed up now that there's no, I guess there is college football, what, one more week? And then you got like three weeks of, hey, it's bowl games. Yeah, bowl games, which are anarchy. Uh, Definitely helps college basketball is every day. I mean, and that's just, that's more on the betting side, though. Uh, It's a, a great sport to bet. DFS is not super prevalent with it. Who is like the random jabroni mid-major team that we should just be betting on all the time before the books catch up in basketball? Yeah, that would be Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Write that down. Used to be Northern Kentucky, the old Norse. This year, Eastern Kentucky is a team I've been betting a lot to middling success, to be honest, but I think they're going to get it together. All right. Let's talk NFL. That's why the peoples are here. Uh, Normally, we used to go position by position, but Ben, you haven't been on in some time. So now we just kind of talk about the slate, then give out some like, you know, not necessarily a cash game picks, but like who were the obvious plays at the other positions before building our shitter lineup? Where do you think that you're going on this slate to start with? Because there is a ton of running back value if you want to take it. Like, you want to play Jonathan Taylor this week? Not going to be a problem because you can fill out Jamal Williams and Antonio Gibson in your two other spots and you're absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, the 5K running backs open it up a ton. I totally get that, particularly with Williams. I mean, it seemed even though Detroit is awful, they actually want to run the ball. Uh, they're a run heavy team. And, and then you've got, I get Jonathan Taylor, but the guy that I was drawn to on the entire slate was Mixon. His volume is insane. They're at home. The Chargers can't stop the run at all. They've been consistently among the worst teams, 4.7 yards allowed per rushing attempt. It feels like Mixon is going to have 25 plus carries. And if they win the game, he could have 30 total touches. I see the same thing you do with Mixon, but here's the problem. When we were doing the spread show, do you know who else very clearly Uh-oh. said that there's one obvious play on this DraftKings slate and it's Joe Mixon? It was Tim Andercast. Yeah, that can't be. That could be the only thing that might be able to hold Mixon back here because he is just, I mean, he's doing it at all and they're scoring obviously a ton of points. It seems like it's a perfect spot. It does. So let's try to figure out how to construct that game because it's a 50 and a half 
point total for the Chargers, uh, even though they're underdogs, three-point dogs on the road. That's the highest on the slate tied with the Bucks and Falcons. Uh, the Bucks still have the highest implied team total at 30.5, but it's 26.5 for the Bengals, 23.5 for the Chargers. Is there a way that you can construct this where you leave Mixon out and hopefully it's sort of the inverse scenario of what we saw with Tampa Bay last week, where although they were able to throw all over the Colts, Fournette ends up with four touchdowns that hopefully in this situation, Burrow, Chase and Higgins end up with all the touchdowns. And then you can bring it back with Eckler the other way, because it feels like Eckler is going to be the one who falls through the cracks from the Chargers side, because I know that people want to stack this game, so I want to find a unique way to stack it, but Taylor is a very obvious play is the most expensive, but if you don't use him, you're very clearly using Mixon if you're not using Taylor, and because Eckler is $200 more than uh, Mixon is, that then you can just use Austin Eckler, and hopefully he has one of these big games, especially in catch-up mode. Maybe he ends up with like eight catches. Yeah, so that that's definitely a, a very potentially lucrative strategy. You, you know, you alluded to Fournette last week. Anytime you've got a really popular stack or a really popular back, you just hope that the TD variance goes the other way and it can be a great leverage point. Now, I get it. I still think, of course, on paper, Mixon is the spot to go, but it's such a good game. You could definitely go with the passing attack from Cincy and you could bring it back with one of the Chargers. I guess you could be unique and go like, Herbert with Eckler and a pass catcher. I mean, obviously he's a pass catching back, but I agree with you, Taylor Mixon, And then you've got the Madison situation as well. Like Najee, I think will be a little lost. So there are some leverage spots up top with the running backs. Well, trying to think about it right now in terms of optimal rate, because at run the Sims, we run 10,000 simulations of every slate. Then we just see who pops up in the most optimal lineups. And it's Jonathan Taylor that should be you know pretty obvious that he's just been dominating. I mean, that's another leverage spot that you can get into too. The issue is when you do these high-end leverage swaps for whatever like the consensus popular play is, it's it's always a good move to do because if it hits, you're still battling with 20% of the field to actually win. If it goes the other way, you've X'd out 20%, then you have the other side where you're battling with like 1% if it happens. I mean, this is what Leone has been doing in the Thunderdome. I think he's won it three times in like the past six weeks or something insane like that. That And it, it was kind of his point, like, if you're not willing to lose all your money, you're just not going to win some of these GPPs. Like, you have to go in with the mindset that, like, hey, I'm not going to win every single time. In fact, I'm probably not going to win all that often. But when I do hit, I'm going to hit big, and that pays for everything. I mean, that's that's been your strategy in golf for years. Absolutely. The majority of weeks, I get absolutely nuked, and it's just like, it feels terrible because you're looking at very obvious plays, and you're thinking, why, why didn't I just follow the herd? But when you don't, get that obvious play to pay off. You are competing, as you mentioned, with such a small percentage of the field. You have real opportunities, and certainly in higher stakes or single entries and things like that, the, the appeal of that is even greater. So I get it. I will say, I mean, the, the problem I have with the Colts doing that is just they, if they get going, Wentz just won't throw the ball. It's such a vast uh, you know, range of attempts for him passing. He had 44 against Tampa Bay, 20 against Buffalo. So I do worry, but in theory, I absolutely agree that that is a strategy you always should consider. And when we look at the optimals, Jonathan Taylor appears in 20% of them. That's the highest of any running back. But it's funny you mentioned Madison because he actually finishes second in the optimal rate. And I just, it doesn't feel like he has any juice this week. Because if you're going to pay up, you pay up for one of the guys that you know. People tend to only want to use Madison when he is like where Antonio Gibson is right now, when he's like the the very clear value running back because Dalvin Cook got hurt and he's $6,100. He's just been priced at 76. 
And now he's no longer a value, but I mean, in terms of like a cheap value that you can fit in another stud with. Now he has to be the stud in your lineup. And I'm guessing that no one's going to want to take that. I think so too. And yeah, you mentioned it, you know, so he had a couple weeks early in the year. He was 6,000 and 5,500 in those weeks. One of them was against Detroit the first time. This is a kind of a different situation. You're paying mid seven Ks, but uh, I still have interest. I think there's, you know, it's the Lions. Eventually they're going to win, but you know, Minnesota's still favored and Madison should see a very healthy workload. So it's not like he can't pay off this tag. It's just not the obvious value play that it once was. So if we're thinking stacks, since he stacked, Charger stack both, I'm guessing you're going to be pretty popular. With Antonio Brown going to be out again, I'm guessing that leads people back to Brady, Evans, and Gronk as a triple stack with Cordero coming back or Gage coming back or something. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are just, but yes, definitely Gronk has been, I have, I've, I've barely played Gronk this year. It's been one of my major problems because the guy, every time he's on the field is producing, got Evans and Godwin, obviously Tampa, normally they, I mean, they throw the ball like two thirds of the time, no matter what, and they're always winning. It doesn't matter. Brady, I mean, he's like a lock for 35 plus attempts each week. He didn't run good last week with the with the touchdowns, but you got to like that. I guess my question is, what do you do with Lamar? Because of course he's different. You could play him alone. You have interest in just paying up for him. If I was going to play pay up for Lamar, I'd probably still play Andrews with him. Yeah, Andrews has been so okay. good. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I, I like the skinny stack Baltimore, obviously, because some of the appeal is coming from, of course, the rushing upside. Uh, you can always run him alone. I'm not saying you can't, but I, I still try to get, whether it's Bateman or, or certainly Andrews uh, or with him. So I have no problem with that. And I guess Deontay to bring back. Yeah, I was looking at the fantasy numbers. I think there's been one week so far this season where he hasn't been a top 15 DraftKings scoring receiver when he's played. I mean, the guy just gets, he's got, you know, like the waddle like target. It's just ridiculous. He gets peppered with targets. Pittsburgh, I love Najee, but they just, they can't run the ball. It's just the offensive line is an absolute mess. So. Deontay Johnson's going to be busy each and every week he's out there. Yeah, and Fryermuth's dealing with a concussion. I'm not sure whether or not he's going to play, so he would have been sort of like the cheap, obvious guy to bring back. Who the hell is their backup? Now, now that Ebron's hurt, if he doesn't play... Gentry? Yeah, Gentry. Alvin Gentry. I bet you he's like 2500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely... Uh, you know, I mean, if they can slide him and Fryermuth was getting a ton of red zone looks, obviously converting a bunch of them. I'm not saying this guy is him, but if you're going to a, I mean, I, I'm not going to a Big Ben stack, but that would be mega mind insane if you did that. But even as a cheap run back or just an extension of that game, I guess you could punt tight end. Minnesota passing game. If people are going to avoid Madison, does that just triple stack out to the very obvious Minnesota guys? So the thing I always like about Minnesota is it's just so concentrated and they're playing Detroit 7.9 yards allowed per pass attempt, just absolutely garbage 32nd in the league. But yeah, I mean, you've got obviously true alphas with Jefferson and Thielen Osborne's kind of gone away. Conklin, uh, you know, maybe you're just being different. So I don't mind that. Certainly Williams is going to be the obvious run back or you can go, you know, they're the type of team I definitely think you could go onslaught and just have no run back with some of those type of teams. The issue is you can there's two Lions this week shape up to be super values. Like when you look at cash game lineups or people's optimal lineups, Jamal Williams and Josh Reynolds are probably both going to be in those somehow. No doubt. I mean, we saw Reynolds on uh, Thanksgiving. 
do what he did in the Sean Jackson kind of mask that. But yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams is one of the most, per, certainly for cash. I think he's probably like your first guy in it, It's just a really, really good spot. Uh, the volume is going to be immense for that price range. So you mentioned Lamar. I don't think that people are going to use Lamar because I have one thing I like to notice is what people say about certain players online during the week. And the prevailing narrative so far about Lamar is, you know, in his past four games against Pittsburgh, nine fantasy points per game. Pittsburgh owns Lamar Jackson. I don't necessarily agree with that but you know Lamar coming off a bad game people are going to see that maybe they shy away from Lamar the one I actually had the most interest in like playing by himself was going to be Hurts now obviously he's injured with this ankle injury I still think that he's going to play and if that's the case like how can you not play him against the Jets yeah I mean the Jets are the Jets I don't <laughs> uh, not not good uh I'm sure Tim is very upset uh, for various reasons with this team. But I mean, he's another one. He can just do it differently. You can go, Devonta Smith has at times looked fantastic. It's not his fault. So you, you can kind of mirror what you were talking about with Lamar, maybe a skinny stack, maybe alone. But obviously it would help if we get clarification that, you know, his, his dual threat ability is still intact. So tune in to the Saturday injury update on the Pat Mayo experience to check that out. Um, and I'll, I should have some info on it by then. Hopefully we have some info. If not, he's going to be like 2% owned, which yeah, you probably super just, low owned. Then, then you just play him anyway. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're willing to burn a couple lineups, that's a great situation because if he is healthy, you're getting a complete steal. And I, I don't mind doing that. I mean, there's st- definitely some cheaper stacks, you know, that are going to be against the grain that I, I'm definitely going to explore this week. Well, the, the four others I wanted to, or the three others, really, that I wanted to talk about, I guess maybe it's four. One is the Rams offense, who everyone's kind of out on now. And Beckham's dealing with this hip pointer, but it looks like he's going to play. Now would be a good time to try to seize the day on the Rams passing attack with Daryl Henderson banged up, probably still going to play. But then you don't know who's going to get the majority of the touches in the backfield. Just be like Stafford, Cup, and Beckham or Van Jefferson or Higby, whichever one you want to throw in and just hope they annihilate Jacksonville. That's one way to do it. I continue to like to run out San Francisco and without Debo around, I think that actually, it doesn't necessarily benefit Jimmy G, but it benefits the fantasy upside because they're not going to be handing the ball off to Debo. Now they can just hand the ball off to Eli Mitchell, but the Seahawks weirdly still have the third best run deer, sorry, the fifth best run defense in football that passing all over them is really what you want to do. So now you have a very clear Jimmy G Ayuk, and then George Kittle. Maybe you'd want to go with Juwan Jennings. I wouldn't. Uh, I'd take those three. I think that one makes some sense. Then just don't care, I guess. Maybe you can use Lockett on the way back or DK because no one's going to use DK. But the game that I was really kind of targeting is such kind of the super stack game that if everyone's going to Chargers and Bengals, why not go to fo- the footballs and Raiders? That game smells like a, like 13 points or 70 points. Yeah, well said. Range of, that is one of those... You might be like, wow, why did I do this? But I, I love this game on both sides. You, you've got McLaurin uh, and Heineke and those guys, or you can go with whoever's left for the Raiders. Well, and, uh, and, and, and Foster Moreau at 2,700 makes it really easy. Yeah, Foster Moreau, obviously Waller, I basically think he's out at this point. You got Renfro. Um, this is just one of those games that easily could devolve, and, and we've seen this. Now, Washington's playing. I don't know why they're playing better, but they are. Uh, good for them but I still long term you know eventually the losses up front are, are going to catch up with this defense they weren't good in the secondary to begin with so I love that game I think that's one 
you can really super stack. You can do a lot of different ways. You're still able to get the one-offs of, you know, the Jonathan Taylors with, with the uh, salary allocation. Yeah, you can do a super onslaught lineup and have Carr, Renfro, and Moreau, and then have McLaurin and Gibson in it, and you still have 5,600 per player left. Yeah, it's it's a super enticing strategy with that. I also think it's the type of game you know, you, it could completely implode. And that's why I'd want to fully leverage it like uh, an all or nothing situation. It's not like it can't land in the middle, but I definitely have interest in those guys. Uh, just to talk to Jimmy G for a second. I totally get that. I do worry that, he, I mean, not, I think you can play Eli Mitchell. He could handle serious, serious work. Uh, he did against Minnesota. And, and now that Debo's not there, you have to think that he's going to have control of that backfield. Oh, I agree. And it, it's sort of like the Gibson and Mitchell, like all these $5,000 running backs. I don't know if one of them ends up being super popular, but I can see Mitchell being the guy, especially with Debo out that maybe there is leverage in almost like you know, where you don't play Mixon, you play the Bengals passing game. Maybe you don't play Mitchell, you play the Niners passing game because like Jimmy G has been actually legit since he's come back from this injury. He has, I mean, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, obviously you've got an alpha tight end, you don't have Debo. So it, it seems like a pretty, the only thing I don't like, but it, it makes up for it. Cause not a lot of people are going to go there to me. There's basically only one way to stack it. Uh, so you're going to be with all the other Niner stacks. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of them to begin with. So it's really not a huge issue. Yeah. And, and the final one is Kyler's practicing on a limited basis. I'm guessing he's going to play. But if we're talking about like team, like implied team totals, Arizona is super highly up there. And I haven't heard peep about the Cardinals yet. Yeah. I mean, people are not, you know, out of sight, out of mind. People haven't played Kyler for obvious reasons. And they've kind of come back to earth. Same with DeAndre Hopkins, who's at 62. Um, it, it's, it's risky. You know, you're in Chicago, we'll see what the weather and whatnot, but uh, at the same time, this is a stack. You'll never get it this cheap. I think there's probably a reason for that, but at the same time, it can't be ignored in the pieces on the Chicago side can make sense. I, I'd probably go with David Montgomery because you can run all over Arizona. And that's the way that you would want to see the game go. Like just, you know, not necessarily slow drives from the Bears, but running drives from the Bears capped off with Montgomery. He can pile up yardage, hopefully score along the way. Because I would guess that people go to Mooney or Komet for the savings, but Montgomery's probably the better play. Then you just have Kyler. Kyler and Hopkins, I, I, do you just use the two of them? Do you throw Ertz in there? Because I can never, Ertz. I can never, maybe A.J. Green is probably the answer now that he's back too, because he was the guy before he got COVID and then got hurt. And then in the absence of the two of them, it's been Kirk. Maybe Kirk gets pushed back to the side. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're probably going to need two because it seems unlike Kyler. I mean, even before he got hurt, he's not really willing to showcase his dual threat ability. He was scoring on the ground, but that was more fluky than anything, in my opinion. He wasn't flirting with the 100 yard bonus. He wasn't taking major carries. So if he's going to just throw the ball, you're probably going to need more than Hopkins on there. All right. I might shy away from that one. If you were to play the Raiders Washington game, would you play Raiders passing game or Washington passing game? I think I would play the Raiders passing game. Yeah, I think so too. Just using Gibson makes too much sense. Exactly. And I, I'm not looking to get to Jacobs. It's not like you can't uh, do it there. I just, I, honestly though, I mean, for everything I'm saying, and I would if I could only play one, you know, Heineke, he's given you, he's got some dual threat ability. He, he's been certainly serviceable. I just think that car, it, it's just such an easier stack that way. Yeah, now watch uh, Brian Edwards finally have a game and no one's going to have him. 
played that guy before. I don't think he registered any statistics, which was tough. <laughs> Happens every week to the guy Just, that you think it's going to happen to. The only game we did yeah, zero. Yeah, the only game we didn't talk about was Giants Miami with you know big neck Mike Glennon starting for the Giants. I don't actually think this hurts them at all offensively, although the spread has moved towards the Dolphins. But like it's minus four right now. The Dolphins have been looking good and efficient on offense. They run a ton of plays. I guess, I mean, their triple stack makes a lot of sense as well. I just don't know how much upside that it has. I, I just don't know what I want to do with this game because it looks like the Giants have all their guys back now, except for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always something with them, but in a way it makes it, I mean, I'm not going to get to a Giants stack. It's tough to know. And then you've got Saquon, who I, I still have, I, I look and I'm waiting and and didn't seem like he had any setbacks, which is a win. But for me, it's a game. I'm not sure I'm going to stack it. Obviously, Waddle, just with the way he's getting target share, and these are highly convertible targets, PPR, he he, he quickly amasses a, a pretty good floor in each and every week, even at the mid-6K range now. So if you were going single entry or even a three max, like the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League, which you can play in right now, link in the description. What do you think they're the like? Because I usually try to play two stacks in the like in my three max, like two of the same stack and then one other one uh, is the way that I like to approach. Maybe people like to do three separate ones. Maybe people like to do all of the same one. I don't know. And uh, I, I don't know what's more effective than not. Probably my strategy is not because I'm looking at my account right now. It's been dwindling for some time. Not in a great past few weeks, but still up, which is nice. But I, I think it's going to be Bengals passing game stack for me, weirdly enough. And then, so if you go there, will you use Mixon in the non-Borough lineup? Probably, yes. Yeah. So I get that because you kind of get, you capture all the exposure to one of the better teams. If it doesn't break your way and Mixon, who's very obvious, comes through, you're not dead. You still have an out. Uh, if it goes the other way, yeah, you've sacrificed one lineup, but you are well ahead of the game with the other. So I don't mind that. I think for me, I'm really going to be focused on that Washington uh, Raiders game for sure. And then... I'll probably try to throw in a, I might say a crazy situation, but some type of off the wall type one uh, where I can be very, very unique. Well, I think that's going to be the Rams passing offense. I, I just, from what I can see ownership wise, how everyone is priced that very few people are going to go to the Rams offense. And I know that they can score 45 points, whether they will or not. I mean, they probably won't, but it's the sort of upside where everyone is, I mean, cup is going to be owned obviously, but it'll be far less than he's normally been, especially with people with the ability to pay up for Jonathan Taylor or Joe Mixon. Eventually, you have to sacrifice somewhere. It's probably going to be at the very high end of receiver because, like, if you price them the same today, do you think more people would take Cup or Justin Jefferson? Because Jefferson's been playing so much better. Yeah, the recency bias for sure would, uh, I think, tilt the scales to the Viking side of that. And and I get it. We, the good thing about the Rams too, we've seen kind of glimpses. You know, when you see a, a situation like this, you, I at least sometimes think, oh, well, you know, Cup, he's going to have a decent game, but they're going to gear down. That really doesn't happen with them. When they've looked their best and when Cup has had his best outputs, it's been an absolute beatdowns of bad teams. So uh, seeing the spread actually, I think, is a positive. You know, they're flirting with two touchdown favorites at home. That's kind of what you need right now. Stafford and the volume shouldn't be an issue regardless. And like I mentioned, with Henderson banged up, you might see some more Sony Michelle, but the Rams just don't love running the ball when they get in close. They still no. prefer to pass. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like Tampa, where even if they're up, you're still going to have opportunities. I do think that most people, if they, you know, if it was a flex, like they would look to Jonathan Taylor before a guy like Cooper Cup right now. And I get that, but 
if you're willing to allocate that, I don't know if you'd want to, I personally wouldn't want to run back right now on the Jaguars. I would just go for the full onslaught. I would too. I, I can't fathom who I would use on the Jags. They don't score any points. That's the problem. And, and it's okay because if the Rams win the game 38 to three, that's a fine environment for cup. It's not like you need Jacksonville to keep up for the volume to be there. The, the only one I think you could make a case for in this situation is Robinson but he's been pretty underwhelming, but he's going to be like 0% owned. Yeah, he he actually might be because he's he's banged up against the, like there's and, nothing. And in that mix of all of the other like value running backs, like he's right in the middle of them. So you have, like you could pay $100 more for Barkley or $200 less for Jacobs or Mitchell or Connor or Gaskin or Gibson. Like those six guys, those four guys really, Mitchell, Connor, Gaskin and Antonio Gibson are really like I could see them being four of I mean Gaskin might not be as high but the other three are going to just when people run optimizers those are the names they're going to give you no doubt I mean that's why I, I really realistically can't get to Robinson I would say Chenault because I say that every week but it never works and I don't know why this week would be any different I mean, if you really want, do you play in a like points per Twitter mention when they do something league? Because if that's the case, oh my God, Chenault, one yard on one catch. What a hero. Like, oh, great. My man. Thanks. Yeah. Him and Miles Sanders. Eventually it will happen, but it might not be this year. Well, the Could only, be. you know who the Jag to play probably is, and probably not like to play, but he's $2,600 with Tarzan Dan out for the <laughs> season now. The Irish assassin is back. James O'Shaughnessy ran the most routes of any Jacksonville tight end after Dan Arnold left the game last week. I mean, if you need, if you need four for 44, that's your guy. Play the Jaguars defense. I mean, Stafford's good for a pick six every week, uh, but I, there are, I mean, there, I'm not sure how much I'll need to do this because you've got Moreau and some of these others. There are a handful of tight ends that are very cheap this week though. So punting there is totally reasonable. Which will probably create some leverage again for that San Francisco stack for Kittle because there are so many pay down options that everyone's going to pay down. Double tight end. Does that ever work? No, confirmed. Okay. But it it's always in my mind. I'm like, well, no one's going to do this. Very <laughs> sneaky. I think in short slates like Thanksgiving, I did that a lot and it actually worked nicely. It's just it's so hard to. You know, when 11 games, you're trying to maximize each spot, especially in a large field tournament. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't consider that with like Kittle and then a complete punt and then like try to get Cup and Taylor together. Well, is is Moreau even really just a punt? Like, isn't he a good play this week? Like if he was thirty nine hundred dollars, people would still play him. Yeah, you're just you're you're saving a lot of salary. I mean, that opens it up. And it's like I said, it's not just him. You've got other guys down there. So if you click him in, it really does alleviate some of the constraints. So maybe double tight end. I, I guess I would say the only way I could go double tight end is if I needed the savings. And if like the first tight end that I played was a part of some sort of stack that I had, which. Oh, that's, like, that's confirmed. Like Lamar and Andrews kind of thing. Lamar and Andrews. And then you want to like one off with like Moreau or, like a San Francisco stack with Kittle and, and you wanted, you couldn't afford anything else. So I get it, but I, I definitely think that's not the ideal way to do it. The way you use the internet has changed dramatically over the last decade, but security tools have stayed mostly the same. Aura provides complete digital security to help you protect your online accounts, 
finances, and devices, and more, all in one easy-to-use app. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud threats fast, like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura's easy to set up, All plans come with $1 million in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experienced U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. Or is the new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com Mayo. Go to Aura.com Mayo to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot Mayo. One-off running backs for the week. Obviously, we mentioned that Jonathan Taylor is the most expensive. He's a great play, but people know that. So I think that they're going to use him. Mixon as well, going to be incredibly highly owned. But then we look at the value guys down the list. So Jamal Williams, $5,400. Antonio Gibson, $5,700. James Conner, probably the lesser owned of those three. So maybe that's a way that you want to tackle this one. He is $5,900. Still no Chase Edmonds. Uh, Eno Benjamin has not really done much for us. So not too concerned about that. Eli Mitchell at $6,000. Then after that, you have, let's see, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery's 56. That's not a terrible play. Gaskin 58. That's not a terrible play. But if you try to go below $5,000, unless Jordan Howard is out again, and Miles Sanders is banged up or not playing. Boston Scott's $4,600. That's not bad if it's just him there. Definitely not bad if it's just him. That's just something we need to get clarification. He's apparently sick. We'll see. Not really worried about that, but uh, that's the type of guy, you know, he can catch the ball, could be peppered. I don't think like Sony Michelle for me, even if I don't see that. Not really looking to do it. The guys in the fives are just in such good spots, and you're obviously not saving that much salary by dipping. I think you're just going to land there because they can't all be mega popular. There's just too many of them. I suppose that's true. Where do you? How do you think that the ownership concentrates on these guys? Do you think it will be Gibson because he was the? They played in the Monday night game. We saw thirty plus touches. Makes a lot of sense. He definitely makes sense. I think that Jamal Williams is going to be amongst the most popular if gibson gets rid of the q q tag he's going to be the other one and then you know you mentioned like the mitchells montgomery's of the world they'll all garner you know decent but not to that level in my opinion interesting yeah williams probably number one gibson's always going to have that q he's had that q tag every week of the season uh yeah preloaded you you just have to confirm that mckissick is going to be out it looks like he's going to be out but if that's the case then he should get that work in the passing game again which would be awesome i just keep circling back to connor maybe connor and mitch maybe mitchell is so obvious he's the play i mean i i definitely think there's these guys are in good positions for a reason they're gonna be popular for a reason so I'm going to try to get some of them. It's just, I'm not going to probably play them together. And and certainly I'm going to look as you've talked about to some of the passing games and try to fully leverage Connor. He's tough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's up with Arizona. They've been a pain point for me all year, but honestly, 
Do you have any interest? I know we didn't really talk about this guy. Everybody, including me, says like, oh, such bad variance last week with, with Tampa Bay. Like, well, maybe that just happens again and Fournette falls in the end zone four more times. <sighs> Nobody's going to play him somehow. Like, you have your four touchdown game. It's like winning in golf. It's like, up. Oh, <laughs> He did it. It's too late now. I can't do it again. Like maybe he just does the exact same thing. I think it's tough. I mean, is the price fair? Is it, or is it too cheap is kind of the thing. Like he has been so cheap the entire time. Now this is a big step up just like with the Madison price point that it feels like if you're going to pay up to 73, like wouldn't you rather just pay up again to try to get up to Mixon somehow? A hundred percent. I absolutely would. But I think everybody's thinking that, and it's still a guy that's on a team that probably has, you know, five touchdowns on Sunday. Like, yeah, most likely they're passing touchdowns and they're not his, but if they are his, as we saw last week, you're going to get a, a tournament winning play and no one's going to go there again, just because of how Tampa's constructed. I think that makes a lot of sense. Huh? Cause you could use Fournette in two of those five K guys. And then it doesn't even really matter how much the five K guys are owned. Cause Fournette's not absolutely. Because you've you've already leveraged as an attachment. And again, I know logically it doesn't make a ton of sense with Fournette, but if he's going to get the ball 20 plus times and he's on, he's obviously on Tampa Bay, I can confirm that much. Like 13 point favorites, 50 point total. It's a great game environment, even though, of course, the touchdowns are usually Brady's to, to distribute. The only other one would be and you hit on the name if Henderson doesn't go you wouldn't have interest in Sony Michelle at 4300 bucks I mean yeah obviously he is very very cheap I'll give you that he just I don't know they it's I just hate targeting guys they don't gear down for the run like and he's not going to give you a ton in the passing game it's honestly better than I thought maybe he could get a couple but can you use them? Absolutely. But I still think all in all, you're looking at a Rams team that's still going to pass the ball a lot. You could have a fine game, but you're drawing to multiple touchdowns on the ground, even at that price point, just because I don't think he gives you much elsewhere. It would make that passing game Ram stack a lot better as well. Yes, I agree with that. So maybe that's the way to go. Like Travis, like not Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. If that guy's you, you, he, you would need like a, 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 1% J.D. McKissick game out of him for it to mean anything. Do you think Peterson will be active this week for them? I would assume no, but Seattle, Seattle's got, I don't, uh, Alex Collins, man, it, it's it's not working. Uh, they have done nothing. Like, I don't know what, why. It, it's just, even though Carson is getting something called disc fusion surgery, they should just still let him get in the backfield because everyone else they use is just I've never seen a team this broken and I know Wilson's fingers probably not fully healed but man did they look off well and he doesn't target DK anymore since that since that yeah, Insta, since that Instagram post that he was off having four ways no 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 can't have that DK Metcalf you have to go to your good Christian boy Tyler Lockett no longer DK Metcalf I feel like that's a real thing yeah I didn't I didn't factor that in but uh certainly Tyler Lockett Kansas State's own doesn't probably roll like that. They just, I mean, I will say this is one of the lowest price points I've seen these guys at, but it's hard to click their names in in the mid sixes. Would they be better off playing Gino right now? Or do they care at this point? I mean, I don't know if they, yeah, they'd be better off playing. G I didn't even know Jacob Eason was on the team, but 
I thought he was on the Colts still. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, it's just not working. I don't think they carry. They're teetering, and I think maybe they're past this, that it's it's just a straight loss season. If they lose this game on Sunday, it seems like they're probably going to, even though it's a competitive spread. Uh, I think it's curtains for Seattle. Yeah, and they can't even really tank because they don't own their first-round pick. The Jets do. It's just a terrible All right. It's a lot like the Texans last year is the situation that they're in. Good. Hopefully the Jets can get a get a high pick so they could draft the quarterback for the future. Tim was talking about trading Zach Wilson in the first half on Sunday. Oh yeah. For what? Russell Wilson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which side would, would reject that faster at this point. They should trade him for Gino. Now that would be a good storyline. <laughs> the Gino revenge tour in New York. Yeah. Gino's back. Um, and then they could just have all Wilson's in Seattle. You played the double Wilson offense. You'd be good to go. Someone is going to luck into Russ next year because I don't think he's going to be back on Seattle and they're going to be really good because of it. The Steelers. I think it's the Broncos. Poor Drew Locke. Miami. They have they have the guy on their team. Miami, maybe. I don't know. Tua's been all right. Tua's been good. But like if Tua ends like because this is the conundrum that like I talked to some of my Dolphins fan friends that they don't know what to do now. It's like, hey, Tua's actually been pretty good, although he still doesn't really yeah. throw the ball down the field. He gets his yards per attempt really get inflated by like the two deep shots that he takes a game. But it's really just ball in his hand, ball out of his hand as quickly as possible. Don't turn it over. Good strategy, especially with the team that they have. But if you could just if if the Seahawks feel pressed to get rid of Russell Wilson, like, you know, Tua and your first round pick for, for Will, for Russ, like, would you do it? I wouldn't, but I probably don't know. what. That's why I'm not a GM. What do I know? What about like Washington? Maybe why Washington's actually a pretty good one, but like, is Watson yeah. going to be available? Like, will he be allowed to play? Like what's going on with him? I don't, I, I thought he was just like perpetually in timeout. Forever. Like not by society yet. That's called jail, obviously, but he's just like not allowed to play. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he would be another one. I'm sure there's 20 teams that would take him. And I mean, even if they win the Super Bowl, Rogers still might bolt Green Bay. Yeah, they are gonna need well, they've got the other guy, which I don't know if you can give up on him just yet. And then like Atlanta is at some point gonna have to move on. Can Cordero play quarterback? Apparently Cordero is going to play Safety. potentially defense. Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw awesome himself tweet this say, this is not going to happen, but say he scored on a pick six. Would you get points for that? I think you would have, like you get points for punt returns. Don't you? Yeah. You just get like a, another touchdown. I'm here for it. More ways to score. Huh. That would be, yeah. I mean, they should just go full wildcat Ronnie Brown style and bring back Ronnie Brown. We can run it that way too. You guys have heard me talk about Beam before. They're the functional wellness brand founded by former pro athletes that make products to help you pursue your better and push the boundaries of what's possible, like not being hung over as much, take some Beam the night before, wake up in the morning, feel great. It's fantastic news. But for now, are you ready for the best sleep that you've ever had? Because I am not someone who gets a great sleep. I'm not going to lie to you, but the dream powder hot coca now comes in white chocolate peppermint just in time for winter it's triple lab tested and has the ultimate sleep promoting ingredients nano cbd reishi magnesium melatonin other stuff which i actually have no idea what it is but i tried it and it helped me sleep really well and listen i've been trying to have the best sleep of my life and this is pretty close and as someone who has trouble sleeping it has been fantastic 
for me. So it should be pretty fantastic for you as well. White Chocolate Peppermint Dream Powder only lasts for a limited time. So get it while it's hot. And it's great news. If you subscribe now, you can also take advantage of Beam's best sale of the year for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You'll get 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription, plus a free mug and a frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase. Again, this is Beam's biggest offer of the year. And just like this new flavor, it's not going to last long. So head to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash M-A-Y-O for 40% off the first three months of Peppermint Dream subscription plus a free mug and frother or 20% off a one-time purchase. Pause or cancel at any time. You're really going to enjoy it. At least I assume you're going to enjoy it as much as I have enjoyed it in my sleep. Really does thank Beam Organics. Beamorganics.com slash mayo. Receivers one-offs. I think I've hit it. Well, you hit on one and I hit on the other that I think are going to probably be the two like value plays of the week. It's it's Renfro and Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, $3,400. I don't usually like to play the cheap chalk at receiver. I, I find it usually does not turn out well. Yeah. I mean, that's because for me, generally speaking with receivers, of course, it's still a product, you know, you're not guaranteed with a running back. It's like, okay, they're going to give this guy the ball 20 times and they just have to hand it to him or a dump off pass. With a receiver, for a lot of reasons, it can fail. You know, you get four targets and you don't catch them. That's not going to be good. So having said that, though, 34 is just a unique price point. There's just not that many guys down there. I don't think he's like, oh, you got to plug him in automatically. But if you need salary relief, it's hard to look anywhere else. After that, you could potentially leverage Michael Pittman against Jonathan Taylor because no one wants to use Pittman now. But this is still a glorious spot for him. Definitely. That's the one I, I was drawn to. Same concept. Mike Pittman, you know, against Tampa Bay, he had 10 targets. He didn't do much with them. One of them, he was about to score with the pass interference down the field. Uh, he's quietly still having a very, very good season. The price is right. Everyone is thinking the same thing, Jonathan Taylor, and I get it. You can go to him. You've got Mike Williams right there, too, if you're, you're stacking up what is one of the best games. Keenan Allen's pretty expensive, and I know Williams has really slowed down after you know, he had like seven touchdowns to start the season, but it's not like he can't return to that type of form. Would it be prudent to play Chase instead of Higgins? Because Higgins coming off the big week now geared to be immensely popular again. Chase feels like the guy who's left out in that game. What happened to Boyd? He did. Died. Just Sad. Didn't, yeah, they, I mean, they, just, they just didn't report it. They, they, they roll him out there <laughs> like weekend at Bernie's. Well, yeah, the old weekend and Bernie's strategy. I like I used to be a huge Tyler Boy guy, but he's just like unplayable. I mean, Chase is the guy, you know, if you have that money and you're you're looking for tournament plays, guy is unbelievable still. I know he's slowed down, but he's still good at any moment for a 70 yard bomb. And uh I think most people are gonna go to Deontay Johnson, Thielen as part of Minnesota stacks, McLaurin. I mean, he's surrounded by guys that are very, very playable. And then even below him with Antonio Brown out again, Evans and Godwin are both there. Hollywood is there, but nobody's going to – I don't even know if I – like I'm going to have some Lamar probably, but I don't even know if I want to pair him up with, with Marquise Brown. I, I don't see why not. It's not like the, the Steelers are horrendous in the back end. <laughs> The Steelers defense also quietly, you can't really act, you know, do anything with it because they have like eight random running backs. The Steelers rushing defense right now is non-existent. 
it's crazy how bad they've been on the ground lately. Yeah, and they it's funny because they were like the number one rush defense through five weeks. Now, like if you just look at like full season total, like they're number six. But yeah, they've been awful the last three games. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, they've been absolutely gashed on the ground, but I don't think whoever Baltimore Latavius and Freeman and those guys are the move obviously but if you look at like overall like worst coverage teams of the year like it's all play the hits it's the Lions it's the Jets it's the Texans that is the Steelers they're the fourth worst past like pass defense in the league in terms of coverage so Mark Hollywood Brown's the type of guy that gets behind the defenses like that that's the guys that you want <laughs> against Pittsburgh and he drops it but he, I mean, he has had a ton of targets in games recently. Now, some of that is they've been trailing a lot, but I guess that's fair. I mean, again, he's one of the guys I don't think he's going to be, besides the Seattle guys, most of the other people, in my opinion, are going to be more prudent, more popular. And you mentioned Hopkins. I think he's going to play $6,200, and he's going to fall with Marquise Brown of no one. Everyone's going to play for, it's funny, did no one would have said this at the beginning of the year, for $200 more? I feel Waddle. like Jalen Waddle is going to be like 10 times more owned. Definitely. There's no doubt. And it's, I see it, I get it, but it's, it's also like, if you're, if you're willing to entertain, like just the macro strategy of, we know how good Deandre Hopkins is. And even now, you know, obviously the floor is impacted, but like him and, and Devonta Smith is right there before you dip into the fives. Those are the type of guys that you're not going to get it right as often, but when you do get it right, it can be the difference in terms of a big time payout. Yeah. Like Claypool is still getting targeted down the field cooks. That's just, you can get lucky with cooks, but it seems like his 14 target games of like the first four weeks of the season are behind him. Now I actually look at the fives and Ayuk really does stick out at $5,600. And I don't know how popular he's going to get because of some of the names that we've mentioned that are around him. Williams just gets lumped into a lot of these game stacks. T Higgins is going to be, I wouldn't say like an optimal play, but people are going to be you know on his jock after what he did last week at that price. Renfro uh, is going to be incredibly chalky. And then if you go down lower, like Beckham is there. If he ends up playing, people like to play Odell, even though he has his hip pointer. Mooney's going to be super popular. Like there's enough going on in the fives that there's the potential for Ayuk to be overlooked. Yeah, I mean, certainly I think Ayuk will get a little buzz just because of the Debo situation, next man up style, but... At the same time, I don't think he's going to rise to any like dangerous level. And I mean, the talent has always been there. The, the opportunities for for various reasons haven't been there all year, but I get it. I, I think he can be a good one off. You know, certainly he's going to be in your Garoppolo stacks, but I, I have no problem with Ayuk in the mid fives. Sub five, it gets pretty tricky very quickly. Like, yeah, this is bad. Sterling Shepard's probably going to play forty nine hundred bucks. He's Every time that he plays, he is the guy that you want to play from the Giants. I mean, yeah, we just haven't seen like him and Tony and Galladay. I feel like an Ingram all together ever. So it's very difficult to know. And Slayton, they've got like 10 guys. Um, I, do you think there's any world where T.Y. Hilton ever has like a, a blow up game? I don't think the blow up game is in there. Like, it, okay. although his first game back, he was like four for eighty, or something like that. But yeah, I, I mean, he I, was I he scored against Tampa. I mean, he was fine last week. It wasn't a blow up game, but I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's more the problem down here is, yeah, some of these guys I'm sure will have some fluke things, but why? 
Like, why are you going down here if you can get salary relief at the other positions with guys in much better situations? Yeah, for the, I mean, people will use Chenault because they use Chenault every single week. So Hilton, Chenault are both down there. But like the play, if you're going to spend this little on a receiver in this range, like you might get zero points, but Deshaun is the answer. Yeah, you, you probably will get zero points, but I mean... Again, he's the type of guy, it only takes one catch to get like literally hit value at these type of price points. Now, the only play I've seen of him of the entire year is when he caught it and then he like ran sideways for no reason. Uh, But at the same time, again, the Raiders going to be a popular stack. It's a good game environment. I'm going to try to avoid him, to be honest, but I get why people may click his name. Quez Watkins is $3,600. That's not super appealing. Rager's 32. I mean, right. <laughs> Jawan, Jawan Jennings for the Niners is $3,100. He almost, he got a touchdown. Probably should have caught another last week. So all of a sudden he was being used in the red zone, which I didn't even know who he was. So that was tough. I did see that. Treadwell's on the Jaguars. Didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he is. Uh, he led them in targets last week or in routes run on the outside or something crazy like that. It's like Treadwell. He was playing over Chanel, put it that way. Well, that that's not a good sign. Yeah. I mean, again, you've got Reynolds down here. You've got Jennings, who I think if you're building a lot of teams, sure. And you have some Niner stacks, it's just a one-off within the stack. I don't see a ton else though. You got a lot of Q tags. You got a lot of like second, third and fourth options for teams. Yeah. And like you said, there's enough value at the other positions that you don't really need to go down here uh, for tight end, for example, where you can just play Foster Moreau at $2,900 move on your way. Easy. Certainly one of the things that I'll probably be doing, you got other, you know, I think Jared cook uh, for the chargers. I look before the foster Moreau, I don't want to say situation, but before it became obvious that he was a play, I looked at Brevin Jordan and I, I like think that the Texans are using him more and more. It just seems more unnecessary at this point to get him at 25 when O'Shaughnessy and Moreau and those guys are just a couple hundred dollars more. And there's still two other tight ends in Houston. There are the Pharaoh man and Jordan Aiken and that other guy, that guy. I I had a Jordan. One of my most stressful bets of the year was Jordan Aiken's over two and a half receptions against the Dolphins. He had two. He dropped the third one. But I think Brevin Jordan scored in that game as well. I was like, we did it. And I was like, who the hell is that guy? Just yep. Pharaoh Brown was out. I was like, I didn't know they had another tight end. Here we go. <laughs> Every Jordan Aiken story ends what you just said you thought something good happened and then he dropped it because the only story i have from him is uh, he had a wide open touchdown and he got lost in the sun and it hit him in the face last year oh I that's remember my only that. memory i feel like remember that, was, that that was a week where people actually played him too yeah oh yeah i played him and i was like oh nice and then nope nope right in the helmet happens let's see texans snap counts from last week pharaoh brown and brevin jordan both played 60 percent of the offensive snaps for the Texans with Antony, not Anthony, Antony O'Claire played 23%. Akins wasn't even on the field. I guess he's hurt. Yeah, well, they not good. It might be uh yeah, combination. Yeah, coach's decision. Tough scene. What about I got one more guy for you here? We've already talked about how just in disarray they are, but say what you want. Gerald Everett was extremely busy for Seattle, and he's he's a little more expensive, but he's still sub 4K here. I don't see why the tar. I'm not going to say he's going to be leading them, but he could be pretty busy once again here. 
I that's I just don't like this range for tight ends. Okay. It's, it's not where I want to be. Like I, I think the cheapest expensive tight end that I would want to play before going down to the punt guys is Goddard. 45, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a nice stretch there. Goddard, Kosicki, Hawkinson, and Gronk. Even Ertz as a, a Cardinals stack. It's just, I, I love Pitts and, and I just, it's, it's not working. No. They can't, they can't get him the ball, so it's hard to pay for him. I'd rather go up to Kittle for sure. Would you use Thomas in Vegas or in Washington stacks? Um, I mean, I, I think you, you definitely could do that. It wouldn't be my preferred just cause you're not like saving a ton of salary and you've got McLaurin, but at the same time with Washington, it's weird. There's just not that many options because I'm assuming McKissick is out. I don't think I'm going to go to like Curtis Samuel at this point. So you've got McLaurin of course, but other than that, what are you going to do? Are you going to put Gibson in there with them? I, I think people will do that, but not a lot of ways to separate. Yeah. And then you can have. I guess DeAndre Carter, if you really wanted to add a hump daddy, throw a hump daddy in a few of those lineups, probably not necessary. Yeah, definitely not necessary. You could do it. I mean, they just got, they got a lot of guys names. Yes. They, this team, Washington carries more wide receivers than anyone else in the league. I swear to God, they have like eight different guys that all catch one ball a week. Cam the Sims you could have. Yeah. Gandy golden. Like what happened to that guy? It turns out Dynami Brown. Well, Brown keeps like getting hurt and coming back, getting hurt and coming back. But Gandy Golden, they keep activating from the practice squad because all the other guys end up getting hurt. Then is the moment one of them comes back, it's like, nah, nah, nah you're you're back to the practice squad, pal. You're no good. Kelvin, you remember when Kelvin Harmon at one point I think was doing things? Yeah, does he still play on this team? I'm telling you, they carry, they get an extension probably because of all the shady things they do. They have like ten receivers on this team. Interesting. So Moreau, 2700 bucks. Zach Gentry is $2,900 if Fryermuth doesn't play. I still don't know if I have any interest there, but I think that's worth noting that he is that cheap because no one's going to use him. And then James O'Shaughnessy at 2600 bucks is probably where you want to be. Like those, those two plus Gentry if Fryermuth sits, if you had to punt, those would be your punts. But Moreau is just a, objectively a good play, I think. Agree. Yeah, I mean, he he's a punt just because of the salary, but he is in line for, for real work, for sure. Hey, we've talked about quarterbacks already in terms of stacks. So defenses, uh, who's the cheap D that we're paying for this week? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to go to some of these. I mean, super cheap. Like, I think you could play Detroit if you wanted to. I, I think more of a prudent move is talking about some of the games that are good environments. If you don't go to the stack going to the defenses, like to me, Cincinnati and the Raiders and those types. Yeah. I like those games, but there also could be massive, massive, you know, crazy stuff going on. And if you don't stack up the game, I actually like doing that and fully leveraging against everyone who stacked those, those games and hope they go low scoring. Yeah. That's actually not a bad call. Raiders and Bengals, both 2,800 bucks, Washington against the Raiders. Same thing. I, I wish they had their pass rush still intact. Uh, but anytime you're going to get a lot of throws, it's just opportunities. And you're willing to sacrifice a bunch of points. And that's why I like the Bengals defense in that regard. Like Herbert, he takes crazy chances. He's amazing. And I'm a huge fan. But I, I just think you've got real opportunities there. I think people are going to click in Pittsburgh's defense just because Ooh. of the name right above Ooh. them. I don't, I don't that. like that at all. No, yeah. I don't. I don't want them. 
I'd rather have the Raiders, uh, Cincy, honestly, San Francisco against Russ. Like any of those are fine for me. San Francisco was the one I was eyeing at 3000. That's a bit expensive. I was going to go up to 3000. I feel like I can get myself up to the Cardinals at 34. Or the Dolphins against Glennon. I don't know if I love that as much, to tell you the truth. You want Danny Dimes in there? I, I just, I can just see them doing the most generic things possible. Just like running the ball too much for no reason. and Just trying to keep the game close. That's not a great DST scoring environment against the Giants. Like I, Because the Dolphins pass so much over expectation and have such a shitty offensive line, the Giants D might be the play. See, that's mega mind. Um, yeah, I mean... I, if, if they can get to Tua before he throws the ball out immediately, I get that. If Hurts somehow sits, definitely I, I will make some room for the Jets defense and, and YOLO like that, even though they're terrible. But uh, I'll look for – I always try to save a defense. I think that is always the, the optimal move more often than not. Hey, I played Jets D last week against Houston. They had five sacks. It's great. Yeah, it, I mean, defense – I've been punting defense with – the Texans defense a lot, the Jaguars defense a lot, and it's worked out just fine. That's I've got a lot of problems this year. Cheap defenses has not been one of them. How much are the Eagles? The Eagles are yeah, 3600 That's too expensive. Although you could pay up for a D if you wanted in a week like this. It's probably still not necessary. You just get more out of the other positions. But Arizona is yeah. the one I've just been looking at all week. And I don't know whether it's going to be Fields or Dalton. I assume it's going to be Dalton. If Fields actually does have cracked ribs, it seems insane to throw him back out there. But hey, who knows with them? But 3400 bucks, top five pass rush against a bottom five defensive line in a game where they're eight point favorites. That sounds pretty juicy. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. Pressure, opportunities. I mean, Dalton could give up plenty of sacks and plenty of picks. So I, I get it if you've got the money and you should this week. I don't think you're strained for salary nearly as much. Well, let's try to pick on the worst pass-blocking offensive lines in football. Uh, the Dolphins are the worst. The Giants are number two. Oh, poor Panthers. They're, they're not out there this week. Vikings, Texans, Seahawks, Falcons, Colts. Texans against the Colts? I, or do they face I too just many worry. That's what I worry about. Like, it may be, but... If Wentz only throws the ball like 25 times, it's not enough, in my opinion. Well, this is where I played the Texans. Actually, I won two weeks ago uh, because I had Texans D in 100% of lineups against Tennessee. Yep. It was just like all Houston has to do is somehow get an early lead in this game and force Ryan yep. Tannehill to throw. Because as it turns out, one of the critical parts of how bad the Titans are right now, like just don't worry about Julio. Brown and Henry being out their offensive line has been putrid all year long against the pass. It's just, they haven't had to pass all that often. Yeah. I mean, we saw it. You, it that's where a game script and obviously those scenarios can play out. I just, I do worry about it with Indy more so, but again, it's, I would rather play them than pay all the way up, honestly. Yeah. So Washington Bengals Raiders, Giants, maybe, but I really like the Cardinals if you can afford them. That would be my, I think I'll mix and match those other ones. Yeah, for me, Cincy, the Raiders, I like the Niners quite a bit. Uh, I hope I can get there at flat three. Yeah, that would probably be the next level up. I'd start looking at the Cardinals at that point, though. Like, how can I make this work? Yeah. Because I do think that they're in one of the better spots of the week. Shitter time. I'm on the toilet, Ben. It is right. 12 51. 
p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Got to make him a lineup. Got to throw it in the millionaire maker. Who am I throwing in here? Mixon? Definitely Mixon. Mixon and Gibson, I'm guessing, are my two running backs. Yeah, either Gibson or Jamal Williams. I would say that people are more inclined to play, like, average guy is probably more inclined to play Gibson than shitty Detroit running back. Probably. So, Um, Gibson, okay. 81 and 57. Renfro. Okay. So we're starting to get a kind of a stack of that game a little, a little bit. Uh, not intentionally. No, just, just what happens. Who's the clear quarterback play this week? Stacking or not? Probably it's still Burrow at 63. Yeah. Highest. Well, Burrow or, or the other side of it. Do you think people will go to the Chargers side just because like they've got Mixon and they think, okay, I need the other side, the passing attack. Ooh, that's, I mean, logically that is a much better idea, but I don't know if shitter guy is thinking that far ahead. Who like per value is the best? Hertz is probably the best value. People don't want to play Derek Carr, do they? No, no, that's tough. Um, who projects out the best of these guys? Oh, Lamar. Of course he does. People just play pay for Brady. Yeah, a lot of people are going to do that because they, after last week, I, I think that might be actually like Brady and and Godwin. I'd probably say Gronk. Gronk's been so Gronk. Rough. So okay. let's, let's do that. We'll do Brady and Gronk. I wonder if we can still afford all these guys. Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll we'll punt defense. Do we think that people will use, how popular do you think Foster Moreau gets? Not that popular. Okay. That's what I was thinking at the same time. So $4,400 is where we're at right now. So let's throw in a defense to to knock down some salary. Yeah, a, a stupid defense. Washington? Yeah, we've got the running back. It doesn't matter with Renfro. That's fine. I was just thinking I assume, ch- cheapest D that doesn't look horrible on paper. Yeah, so now we're up to like 51. Yeah, 51 per player. Who's the cheap 4,000 receiver we can use? Is it Deshaun? Is it Reynolds? Do people do that? Yeah, well, he's going to get talked up enough, I think, and he's so cheap, and that really helps us in in this lineup. And we don't have Williams. Like, I think people would be willing to do that. Okay, Josh Reynolds is in. We have $6,000 for a receiver and a flex play. Waddle and... Yeah, I just clicked Waddle. Waddle, where the hell are you at, Waddle? Waddle and Ayuk? No, it could be a it's a flex, so it could be one of those running backs. It could be Montgomery. Ayuk is there. I think people will play Eli Mitchell. I think we should just plug in Eli Mitchell, and then go down to like T Higgins potentially. I know we have Joe Mixon, but I don't think shitter guy cares. Oh, I see. Okay, that works. Let's see. We have two hundred. That that works. Nice. Let's see, you get Jacobs, Claypool. Wow, what a lineup. Mitchell. We think that it's Mitchell over Connor, right? In terms of popularity. Yes. And both those guys are over Montgomery. Yes. All right. So Eli Mitchell as the flex. Oh, and it's a late game too. Just didn't even try to do it. There we are. And then we have 6,000 left. So Claypool, Cooks, Higgins. Higgins is probably the play. 
over those guys for sure. So Mixon and Higgins, same lineup. So Brady, Mixon, Gibson, Renfro, <laughs> Reynolds, T. Higgins, Rob Gronkowski, Elijah Mitchell, Washington football team. Now, we could just play Herbert and upgrade T. Higgins is the only other way to do this one. Herbert. But you replace upgrade. Herbert with you okay. replace Brady with Herbert, and then you save yourself a bunch of money. And I think Herbert is just objectively going to be popular. You save seven. And then Waddle? Yeah, then you can use Waddle in the Higgins spot if you want to. Yeah, I mean, Herbert with no receivers is exactly the kind of stupid shit that, that I wonder, like, what, what was this person doing? And now we have our answer. And there it is. That's how it works. Although $100 yeah. left on the table is a lot for Shitter Guy. But I think we're, we're going to have to roll with. Is there a defense at 26 that he can upgrade to now? Uh, Bears? No, probably not. No. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo experience. Playing the listeners link. Link is down in the description. What do you got going on at Osimo now? Are you changing up your schedule? Are you like more into betting on college basketball full time? For sure. Uh, it's there's a lot of big edges out there. I mean, Magajeski breaking that down. We've got our betting cards posted each and every day. So obviously, in addition to the DFS side, having some fun on the betting side. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, Head on over, take a peek. Uh, I'm sure you'll see what uh, what fits for you, and hopefully you'll stick around. All right, Ben Rosa, you can follow him on Twitter at JazzRazDFS. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at ThePME. Subscribe to RunTheSims.com slash Mayo. We'll get you a discount on the optimizer, the ownership projections, the leverage scores, the betting tools, everything, all tools, no content. You customize it any way you want. Tell yourself your own story. And the showdown simulator is just top notch. So for any island game, you definitely want to be using that. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo. Listeners League link in the description. Smash the like on the way out and sub to Mayo Media Network. I'll be back on Friday with Pizzoa and Cam making his return. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!